Welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast. And on today's episode, folks, we're going to talk about some potential roster casualties on this Pittsburgh Pirates team. Is G1 Bay safe? What about Caden Smith and Jigba? How about former first round pick Nick Gonzalez? And we're also going to talk about why these decisions are tough, but good decisions for general manager Ben Sherrington on today's episode of Locked On Pirates, brought to you by FanDuel. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every single day. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of this wonderful podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can follow me right there on my lower third at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. I, of course, am a positive Pirates fan, bringing a positive spin to Pittsburgh Pirates coverage here on the Locked On Podcast Network and bringing you all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And also a writer for Steel City Pirates with Gary Morgan, Michael412, and a host of other great writers over there on that website that just rebranded yesterday. I will have a article on that at 1 o'clock all about a player that we're going to talk about on this show, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. And you probably see the title of this show today and see that, hey, who are some of these guys that could be roster casualties in 2024? Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of all this and talking about these players, to which I have seven of them, only one pitcher, six position players, all of these guys are guys who currently occupy a spot on the 40-man roster. All of these guys are players that I think are tough decisions to make on if the Pirates would have like get rid of them or designate them for assignment or send them down to AAA or even if they would be on the MLB roster at all. Now, I do, I do want to preface that and say that a lot of different things could happen to where some of these guys could end up being very vital to this Pittsburgh Pirates team. They could end up being players that really are the reason why this team could win 80-plus games and be in the middle of an NL Central um division race. And there's a lot to say about that. Obviously injuries get in the way of this too, but a lot of this also goes into the thought process that it is January 10th. I expect the pirates to still make some moves, maybe even pretty soon. And once those moves are made, the 40 man is full folks. We already saw Max Kranich be released for Martin Perez. We've already seen the pirates have to make these decisions. Now we'll talk about why these decisions are tough, but good decisions along the way, especially in the third segment of today's episode. But let's get right into it. Let's get into some of these players. And the first that I'm going to start with is Jiwon Bay, who is a player ultimately that is very hard to judge on where he sits on the roster just because there are a lot of question marks about what Jiwon Bay can ultimately be for this team. He had 334 at-bats last year, folks. That ranks sixth on the team last season. So he had plenty of opportunities last year in 2023, played some second base, played a like tad bit of shortstop, played some center field, played some other spots in the outfield as well, like left field. But 
right now, I think when you're looking at Jiwon Bay and the, ty- the, the type of player that Jiwon Bay is, you're looking at a guy that is a very fast on the base path. He's going to be a nuisance to opposing pitchers because of that. He's going to be that kind of player where you want him to get on base. You want him to be that kind of player that's always involved in what's going on and making defenses make the tough out. Well, the problem is is his his on-base percentage isn't above a 300. It was not above a 300 last year. Excuse me. In those 334 at-bats. So... I think that when you're looking at where improvements need to come from G1 Bay, one, you want to see that strikeout number and that walk number kind of go up and down as they sh- in improvements, obviously, because you don't want the walk number to go down and the strike number to go up. He had 92 strikeouts last year to 30 walks. That's a, about a three to one ratio on what Jiwon Bay was able to do to get on base. But when you're the type of player he is that obviously doesn't have plus power, is going to be a on-base percentage guy that you would like to see get on base via singles, gap shots, other stuff like that. Obviously, the bunt as well is something that Jiwon Bay really likes doing. He has to bring that number up. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He has to do something about it and bring that number up. And that's not even including... The defensive struggles that we've seen Jiwon Bay have. You're looking at a guy that was in the negatives and outs above average at second base and shortstop last year. He was a plus outs above average player in center field, but obviously that arm is something that you worry about. And you look at all of the improvements that have been made across the roster with adding Gilberto Celestino and um, you know Joshua Palacios making his push to the roster last year and Edward Oliveira is being acquired from the Kansas City Royals and you're also considering that Jack Sawinski and Brian Reynolds are going to occupy uh two of those outfield spots it starts to get increasingly hard on where you really see G1 Bay play on this roster and that's something that the Pirates are going to consider especially because they currently have seven middle infielders on the 40 man i mean you're looking at Leover Piguero, you're looking at Jerry Triolo, Nick Gonzalez, you're looking at O'Neill Cruz, who, if he stays healthy, is going to occupy that shortstop spot for probably 140 to 150 games. So then you really start having to figure out okay, is Juwan Bay worth taking up a spot in the field when he's not that great defensively already? Now, I'm not saying that Juwan Bay can't improve on these things. He's 24 years of age. These are things that he can obviously improve on and do very well at. But where are the opportunities going to come? Does he unseat a guy like Jared Triolo or Leover Piguero or Nick Gonzalez? Does he unseat Jack Sawinski or Joshua Palacios or Edward Olivares or Gilberto Celestino or Connor Joe for outfield space? That's really the biggest questions you have to ask. And with me expecting that the Pirates make more additions, and that's something you'll hear me talk about with all seven of these players, these are the guys that you're going to look at and say, yeah, it kind of stinks that they're gone, but also it doesn't really stink all that much. And Jiwon Bay, I think, is that kind of player. Yeah, it'll suck if you don't have Jiwon Bay on this roster, but you also have to be logical in thinking, where does Jiwon Bay fit on this team? Where does he go? And that, I think, is the biggest question. Now, I w- if he can figure out how to at least be even an average defensive player in the outfield and can bring that on-base percentage up to at least an average number, then I think he could be a weapon for this team. But if he can't do that, I just don't understand where you play him. I don't think 
you really have a spot for him. I don't think it's something that the Pirates are real. I mean, they gave him opportunities last year. I'm sure they're going to give him opportunities again, but they also have to give those opportunities to Piguero and Gonzalez and Triolo and Palacios and Oliveres. And if they go out and get a Michael A. Taylor, they have to give him those opportunities as well. Obviously they will because he'd be the best defensive player on the roster in the outfield. So those are all things that you have to think about which you want may. And then you move to another player that may be under the radar on this, but it's Ali Sanchez. Ali Sanchez is another player that I think you can include on this list purely because right now he is one of the three catchers on the 40 man roster. Davis and delay. I think a lot of us would expect to be the likely catchers on the roster. Uh, maybe you like occupy three catchers, but with, the amount of players that they have in the middle infield that I'm sure they want to get looks on. And with all the players in the outfield that I'm sure they want to get looks on. I don't know if it's exactly the smartest idea to have three catchers on the major league roster. Obviously Sanchez is on the 40 man though. And if, I think the biggest thing for Ali Sanchez potentially being a roster casualty or not is does Henry Davis still move around the diamond a lot, or is he just going to be a catcher? Now, obviously, with Eddie Rodriguez's injury, a lot of that thought process changes. You have to think, okay, is he going to be the kind of player that stays a catcher, or is he going to still maybe play a little bit of right field, which then in turn also affects a lot of these other players that I'm going to talk about as well. I would expect that the Pirates are just going to let him catch this year. I think it's the smart move to do. I would expect that he'll probably catch with everyone except Mitch Keller. Keller and DeLay have a very good thing going, and Keller always pitches really well when DeLay is behind the plate, so that's something that I would expect the Pirates to do again. But when you look at a guy like Ali Sanchez, he's Played a lot of minor league baseball. He's 26 years old, only 13 career MLB at-bats. And realistically, there's one player I think that could unseat him as far as being the third catcher on this roster and also depending on what happens with Jason DeLay and Henry Davis and injuries and all that other stuff. And that's Abraham Gutierrez, a guy that the Pirates acquired a few years ago. And I think right now he is probably in the minor league system, the closest catcher that's going to be close to a debut. And if he plays well, I think you could see him in 2024. And he's arguably the best defensive catcher in the system. And really, when you're looking at a guy like Ali Sanchez, I think at best, he's a triple-A depth piece. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Pirates were to make him a roster casualty at some point with Gutierrez potentially being an option at some point in the season and with Henry Davis and Jason DeLay occupying things behind the dish, probably primarily. So I would keep an eye on that. And we're going to continue talking about a lot of these players that could be roster casualties going into this year. But before we do that, folks, we're going to talk about FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel Sportsbook is your place to do all of your sports betting in 2024. And the NFL playoffs are here. But... There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Like live same-game parlays, you can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way 
to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup because FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and an official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And folks, if you can't get enough of Locked On Pirates and you want to also see some of the Pittsburgh shows in the spotlight, make sure you go to the Lost National Streaming Channel on YouTube because Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel so we've already talked about g1 bay we've talked a little bit about ali sanchez now let's talk about another middle infielder the next two players are actually both middle infielders because folks the middle infield logjam is going to be so fun to watch in spring training it's going to be a position battle for second base that i think is just going to be it's going to have all the eyeballs on it. And it's something that for me, I'm very excited to talk about it the upcoming year. I think it's going to be something that's going to be very fun for a lot of you to watch play out. Obviously some of you have your favorites. I obviously lovely over Pagaro. So I hope he finds a way onto the roster and I would expect he would with that power potential, but Alika Williams, who we'll talk about now is kind of in a similar position as G1 Bay because he's on the back end of the middle infield logjam, and it's it, there's a lot of players, folks, that are involved in this middle infield logjam. Some of them that aren't even here yet. Some of them, of course, that are here, but you have to find playing time for them in one position. Now, he does have the ability to play shortstop. That's Alika Williams, that is. But, you know... He's not going to play over O'Neill Cruz. We know that. We aren't going to kid ourselves on that at all. And unlike Jiwon Bay, he could play shortstop. Now, of all the players, I think, that are in that middle infield logjam that can't play shortstop, obviously you're looking at O'Neill Cruz, who we're going to be hoping to get a lot of, obviously, reps at the position and defensively improve at the position over the course of the 2024 season, which means that all of these guys are fighting for one position by all of these guys. I mean, Pagaro, Nick Gonzalez, Jared Triolo, Alika Williams, G1 Bay, etc. And really when you're looking at Alika Williams, he's fine defensively. I think most people, when you watch them defensively, you could look at him and say, he can handle himself defensively in the middle infield, but those bat skills leave a lot to be desired. And when you can get average defense with a plus bat versus good defense with a not even close to average bat, I think you're always going to choose the average defense and the plus bat. And with Chang also on the 40-man roster, that makes a change a lot easier for the club if they decide to move on from uh, Williams. Now, if Alika Williams does come in sporadically here and there, which I do expect him to also start in AAA this upcoming year, if we see him hit a little bit and improve offensively while also keeping that defensive acumen, I think that makes him a lot more valuable, especially as a very, very deep depth piece. But if Cruz stays healthy all season, which I expect him to do, shortstop time becomes limited. 
obviously. And it's hard to imagine that Alika Williams unseats a guy like Leover Pagaro or Jared Triolo. And moving into the next player, who a lot of you are going to be like, whoa, he's on this list too. Yeah, Nick Gonzalez is on this list too, folks. And right, I mean, it, it's kind of difficult as to why he is. But you look at the players that are on this roster right now and how the roster is currently constructed, and the former first-round pick, Nick Gonzalez, is on the back end too because throughout his career so far in the minor leagues and from what we saw at the major league level last year, which led to him eventually being sent back down to AAA, those bat skills that we heard so much about out of New Mexico State have not exactly shown up yet. Now, obviously. Nick Gonzalez is 24 years old. And this episode is also not me saying, yep, give up on these guys. They're done. They're roster casualties. This is These are guys that are those players on the fringe that are likely going to be in AAA to start the season or likely bench bats on the uh, major league roster at best, in my opinion. And when you look at these guys and say, yeah, if the Pirates were to trade a guy like Nick Gonzalez or trade a guy like Jiwon Bay or Alika Williams or Ali Sanchez or even DFA him, yeah, you're going to get upset about it for some reasons. But then you're also going to say, at least it's not Pagaro that you have to get rid of, or at least it's not Triolo, or at least it's not, you know, anybody else on the roster that you could confidently say is bringing a positive impact. And that's not to say that Nick Gonzalez can't bring a positive impact because there's also a real world where he does start in AAA to begin the season this year. There's a real world where he dominates in AAA to begin the season this year, and he comes back up. And of course, being a first round pick, he's going to get all of the opportunities in the world of anybody that's out there. Now, you're obviously going to see Pagaro get ample opportunities. You're going to see a guy like Jared Triolo get all the opportunities because of his versatility to move to all four infield positions. Now, Gonzalez, I do have it in my notes here. I don't think that. He is a roster casualty. Like, out of everybody that's on this list, I would say Gonzalez is probably the last player that I would expect would be a roster casualty. But again, with additions, with the possibility that Termar Johnson makes a major push this year and potentially pushes for the roster, that adds another wrinkle to the middle infield. And Nick Gonzalez is going to have to show improvements. He's going to have to show that this bat that he was praised for out of college is the bat that the Pirates drafted. We didn't see that last year. We didn't see that really outside of some of the work that he did in AAA. He was even struggling a little bit in AAA before he came up. Now, again, he's still going to get plenty of opportunities, as he should, but roster gymnastics at some point could force a major decision upon Ben Sherrington and the front office as far as Nick Gonzalez goes at some point. And folks, don't be surprised if it happens at some point too, if he doesn't improve. Now, if he improves and looks like the player that we thought he was when they drafted him, yeah, he's staying on this roster no matter what. But it's the same question with Alika Williams and Jiwan Bay. If they don't improve, do you realistically see one of those guys unseating a Pagaro, a Cruz, or a Triolo, or even a Termar Johnson at some point? I just don't see that. Now, moving away from the middle infield, the final three players are two outfielders and a pitcher. 
The fifth one being Connor Joe. Now, Connor Joe is probably the most interesting player on this list because Connor Joe was, of course, originally drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, has seen plenty different stops in his career, comes back to Pittsburgh last year, plays some first base, plays some of the outfield, brings a veteran presence, and you obviously know what kind of player you're getting in Connor Joe. You're getting a guy that can play at least average defense, is going to be average with the bat, but he's going to be somebody that you don't mind sticking in your lineup every day. But, yeah, Joe was on this list too. I mean, we saw him again play outfield and first base last year, but you look at the addition of Rowdy Telez, who's a guy that's going to likely occupy some first base time and occupy some DH time. You also have the rumors that Jared Triolo might slide over there at times for the Pittsburgh Pirates and kind of a platoon role with him to improve the defense over there. And then, you know, you also have the possibility of a Santana reunion, which I talked about on Monday. Go check that episode out. So where does that leave Connor Joe? Where does that ultimately put him on this roster? You also look at the outfield that I've already mentioned, and it's seen additions like Edward Olivares, Gilberto Celestino, and including Connor Joe right now, they have seven outfielders on the 40-man roster. That also excludes Matt Gorski, Matt Frazier, Joe Perez, and Celestino, who could all make pushes to the MLB roster this year. The Pirates probably aren't getting rid of Brian Reynolds. Duh. They're not getting rid of Jack Sawinski, a duh. They're probably not going to get rid of a guy like Edward Olivares, who they just went out and traded for. Joshua Palacios, if he continues to just be a clutch player and can improve a little bit defensively in the outfield, they're not going to get rid of him either. You look at Kanan Smith and Jigba, who we're going to talk about next, if he continues to improve, he's a younger player with plenty of control. They're going to obviously prioritize that. Where does that ultimately leave Connor Joe? And with everything I just said, that also doesn't include if Jiwon Bay's trying to fit himself out in the outfield mix as well. So it's really tough to see Connor Joe even seeing the field at times this upcoming year. And that's crazy because you look at last season and you look at a player that was always stamped on the roster. Now it's hard to even find playing time for him. And Connor Joe could be that kind of player as well, even though I would like the Pirates to include him in a trade package, which we are going to have a mock trades and targets show on Friday, which I think you guys are going to absolutely love. We're going to talk about Bailey Falter and Kanan Smith and Jigba and why these moves could be tough if they happen, but why they're good for this team. But before we do that, folks, we're going to talk about the wonderful people over at Jace Medical. Folks, Jace Medical is here for you to empower yourself to be ready in a time of crisis because I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine imagine a more helpless feeling than a significant other or a family member getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from a life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses that include UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to anyone. 
So visit JaceMedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to Jace Medical and use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order and empower yourself with life-saving antibiotics today. Alrighty, folks, and welcome to the third and final segment of today's episode here on Locked on Pirates. And because we're talking about roster casualties, I'm going to quickly hit on Kanan Smith and Jigba and Bailey Falter. I think the same goes for Kanan Smith and Jigba here that we spoke about with Connor Joe. He's on the 40-man, but who does he jump uh, over to get playing time? Does he jump Joshua Palacios, maybe Edward Olivares? And it also goes back to the same story that you have guys like Matt Gorski, Joe Perez, and Matt Frazier, who will likely make pushes on the roster in 2024. Bailey Falter was the only pitcher that I put on this list. Um, I would say for now with how the roster is constructed, that Bailey Falter is safe. But if the Pirates add another starter, things get a little shaky because then you currently have 20 pitchers that occupy 40-man spots and only 13 likely go north after spring. The Pirates can decide what they want to do there. They could either go 14 or 13 or 12, whatever they want to do. But you look at the rotation that they're going to likely take up north and you have Mitch Keller, you have uh, Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez. You're likely going to have one of, if not two of, Quinn Priester, Rowanzi uh, Contreras, or Luis Ortiz. And that's even before another addition to the starting rotation, which I expect. And that also doesn't include when JT Brubaker and Mike Burrows eventually return. And on top of that, yeah, Bailey Falter would make great depth on this roster, especially for pitching that we've seen the Pirates have issues with over the last year or so. But with more additions, I don't imagine Pittsburgh DFAing any of their younger players or moving on from any of these younger pitchers. And Braxton Ashcraft, who's also on the 40-man roster, Jared Jones, who a lot of us expect to make a push this season, and even Anthony Solomedo could push for the rotation at some point this year. I just don't think that really leaves a spot for Bailey Falter, ultimately. I think Bailey Falter is a fine player. I think he could be a triple-A option, but... I would expect the Pirates to move on sooner rather than later. And all of this, folks, may sound like, wow, well, we're talking about guys losing their job or, you know, not being on the roster anymore. And some of these guys may be players that you guys like to see. And some of these guys may be players you don't like to see. But ultimately, for Ben Charrington and this front office, these are the decisions that good baseball teams have to make. These are the decisions that ultimately every offseason – the Pirates are going to have to make over the next couple of years because they are on an upward trajectory heading into 2024. They're a team that has a lot of prospects that are still going to be coming up. Yeah, I know that's really crazy to think about, but you look at Jared Jones, you look at Matt Gorski, you look at a potentially Malcolm Nunez, you look at Chang, you look at um, Anthony Solomedo, potentially Termar Johnson. You're looking at JT Brubaker and Mike Burrows coming back from injury. 2025, you're looking at Johan Oviedo and Eddie Rodriguez returning into the fold. How fast does Paul Skeens really come up to the roster? You have these guys on the fringe that 
can play themselves onto the roster because that's ultimately what I like the most about this now is on-field production is highlighted on whether a player is playing or not now. It's not, oh, the Pirates just quite literally don't have anyone else to play this position, so this player has to play this position. The Josh Van Meters of the world are gone. The John Nagowskis of the world are gone. The Pirates have options all over the place for guys to get opportunities. You look at second base, you have Peguero, you have Bay, you have Williams, you have Triolo, you have Gonzalez. And that's even before Termar Johnson enters the fold. You have O'Neill Cruz at shortstop. You have Hayes at third. You have Davis DeLay, Sanchez, and potentially Gutierrez behind the dish at catcher. You have options that could happen pitching-wise with rotation spots open. The outfield, obviously, is going to be Reynolds and Sawinski. But what do you do with right field? Do you add a Michael A. Taylor from outside the organization? Do you go with Palacios? Do you go with Oliveras? Do you go with Connor Joe? Do you potentially go with Jiwan Bay? Do you go with a Celestino? Do Gorski and Frazier and Perez potentially make a push for the roster? All of these things are things that, folks, we can think about. These are all questions that are going to be like highlighted in spring training. Who wins the second base positional battle? Who wins the right field positional battle? Out of Luis Ortiz, Rowanzi Contreras, and Quinn Priester, who ultimately gets the roster spot? And there's going to be roster casualties if they do indeed make additions like a Carlos Santana or a Michael A. Taylor or another starter like Michael Lorenzen. These are just things we have to think about. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to take a deep dive into the free agents that are still there because, folks, a lot of free agents still haven't even signed with teams yet. And there's still a lot of time for the Pirates to do work on it. And, of course, here at Locked on Pirates, we'll be covering all of it. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Locked on Pirates here on the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. You can follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates. You can find Locked on Pirates on YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's free and available everywhere. Also, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel where this episode will also be as well. And folks, have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday, January 10th. I'll see you tomorrow, but until then, I'll see you on the flip side.